Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Happy New Year, Lifehouse family. It's Pastor John here. We are live at the church office uh, on this first Sunday of the new year and just sincerely want to say thank you for joining us today. Make sure you check in within the chat section and let us know that you are joining us today. And we are pumped. 2023 is here and I'm excited to preach today on 2023. It's time to get our soul back. Before I do though, I do want to remind you of a couple things that we have Coming up as we are beginning this brand new year, number one, 14 days of prayer and fasting signups are live each year. We, we, we start the year off with prayer and fasting, so please make sure you get signed up. You can text FAST, F-A-S-T, to 757-690-2401, and you can sign up. As you sign up, we will send you the 14 days of prayer and fasting guide. Uh, we will um, You will have times to sign up on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for prayer. And we, and we are just believing that these 14 days are, is going to set the tone for you personally, but also for us corporately as a church. The theme this year is thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. We're going to learn to live in the kingdom of God as kingdom people, as Jesus said. So, so please sign up if you want to participate in that with us. Secondly, our life group sessions uh, is, is coming up quick, our winter session. Life group signups are live. We've got 19 groups for you to choose from. So I'm sure that there's a group for you based on where you are. So you can text the groups or you can see the link in the chat section to see a, a list of the groups that we have available. Also really, really quick, I wanna give you a quick update on the legacy offering. So our goal was $50,000. Currently right now we are at $42,000. So praise God. Thank you for your generosity. And so we're going to leave that fund um, at givetolifehouse.com open for a couple more days. If you want to help us reach our goal, that would be great. Thank you to each of you who have given sacrificially. We are so grateful. We're so excited to see what God's going to do through our seed sown in 2022 to seed the harvest in 2023. So, all right, but let's go ahead and dive in today. Would you just right now type in the chat section, I'm ready, because I am ready to preach. I haven't gone live in a long time, and it's odd preaching to a camera. So uh, this will be really interesting, but I'm thinking about you as I preach. And uh, But today's message is called 2023. It's, it's time to get our soul back. And as I was praying about what God wants to do within our church individually and corporately, I was thinking about our soul. I was thinking about our soul. And the verse that God really put on my heart is Matthew 16, verse 26. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 26. And you know this verse. Even if you aren't in church, even if you have never been in church, you know this verse. This is when Jesus said, what good will it be for somebody to gain the world, yet forfeit their soul? What good will it be for a man or woman to gain the world, yet forfeit their soul? Let's just, let's just be candid. You can feel it. I can feel it. We live in a world where people are gaining, fill in the blank, wealth and status, relationships, homes, 401ks, like, like people are striving to gain 
the world at the expense of their souls to where they're gaining things and sacrificing their souls. And in return, they can't even enjoy the things that they gained because in getting them, they have sold their soul out. And as I was praying, Lord, what do you want to do within our church in 2023? I felt the Lord say, John, I want to get souls back. I want souls to be healthy. I don't want a group of Jesus followers who are gaining fill in the blank, but losing their souls. 2023 is going to be the year that as a church, we are going to strive to get our soul back. This will be your best year ever if it is your best year spiritually. This will be your best year ever if this is your best year spiritually. And by spiritually, I'm talking about for your soul. Could you type the word soul in the chat section? We're going to hit on this word today, soul. And hopefully you're probably going to be sick of it by the the end of today's message. But you're going to know what direction our church is Heading in a few thoughts on the soul, starting us off. The Bible is not perfectly clear as to the nature of the human soul, but from stand, but from studying the way the word soul was used in scripture, we can come to some conclusions. Number one, simply stated, the soul is the part of a person that is not physical. It is the part of every human being that lasts eternally after the body experiences death. And you can actually see Jesus, Jesus is referencing this whenever he was talking about how we should not fear people, but we should fear God. One of the things that Jesus says in Matthew 10, he says, don't just be scared of somebody who can kill your body. You should be scared of the God who can kill your body, but also throw your soul into hell. And what he was saying is not that we should fear God, but we should have a healthy fear of him knowing that God controls not only the physical body, but also the soul as well. The soul is central to the to our personhood of being a human being. Pastor George McDonald says this, you don't have a soul, you are a soul, and you have a body. In other words, a personhood is not just based on having a body, a soul is what is required. And Pastor John Ortberg gives us a, a, a couple great quotes to help us frame our soul so we can accurately know how important this is when it comes to following Jesus. John Ortberg says this, your soul is what is what integrates your will, your, your intentions, your mind, your thoughts and feelings and values and conscience, and your body, your, your face, body language, into a single life. A soul is healthy, well-ordered, when there is harmony between these three entities and God's intent for all creation. When you are connected with God and with other people in life, you have a healthy soul. He also says this, what is running your life at any given moment is your soul. Not external circumstances, not your thoughts, not your intentions, not even your feelings, but your soul. The soul is that aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of the self. The soul is the life center of human beings. A question that I often ask people, and they <laughs> they kind of get taken aback by it, depending on who the person is. I'll say this, how is your soul? Now that's obviously a lot deeper than how's your day going? That is a lot deeper than just how, you know, how is your mind? Like, like how is your soul? And it's crazy to see people's responses when I ask that because 
They intrinsically know I'm not just asking how was your finances or how was your relationships or how was your job going or how was your mind or how was your physical body. What I'm asking them, how was your soul doing? People know intrinsically from the depths of who you are, how are you doing? Taking into account all of these various aspects of your life, like when you put it all together and you put it in and you just kind of like mash it, that that is your soul. When, when I ask people, how is your soul doing? The answer isn't typically, uh, you know, good, 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 good. Like there, what normally follows is a pretty thorough and deep conversation because people intrinsically know that when, how is your soul doing? It's literally asking, how are you as a human being doing? And one thing that I have learned and experienced is you can be saved by Jesus. You can, you can receive his free gift of salvation. You can be a Jesus follower. You can, you can be a Christian. You can, you can be saved, but still have a malnourished, sick soul. Jesus can save your soul, but it can still be sick. And, and really, I share that because this is what I personally experienced. And I have brought you guys along the journey of, of the wall that I hit in 2020 of where I, my soul was not healthy, where I needed to get my soul healthy. Like what I realized is that my soul was saved on the outside. I had a beautiful wife, beautiful family, thriving church, all of these things. But on the inside, there were, there were, there were, there were some impurities there were some sicknesses, there were some wounds in my soul that I was living from and leading from and being a father from and being a husband from that I had to get healed. And it just felt like for a few years, I was hitting a wall. I was trying everything that I knew how to do, read the Bible, pray, you know, like all of these things, but I felt like my soul was still not healthy. And thank God I searched online and I found a specific ministry called Soul Shepherding that literally, for me, helped get my soul healthy. And I've been on a journey the past three years of inviting Jesus to be my soul shepherd, inviting him into places inside of my heart and life and mind and ultimately my soul, that he would come in and bring healing and bring restoration and cleanse. Though I loved Jesus, I was saved. I needed Jesus not to just be my savior, but to be my soul shepherd. And, and this is why I feel like the process that the Lord has walked me through and been gracious with me through is somewhat of the process that I feel like he wants to do in our church this year. He wants to get some souls healthy. He wants to resuscitate some dead souls. He wants to get into not just the surface part of you, but the soul part of you so he can come and bring healing, bring restoration, bring perspective, bring more of who he is. And I really believe that 2023 is going to be the year that Lifehouse is going to focus on getting our souls healthy, getting our souls healthy, that core of who we are. Why? So there can be living water. Scripture says that those that follow Jesus and have the spirit of God, that rivers of living water would flow out from their souls. And that is what I believe God wants to do that. He wants to get out some of those impurities, some of those wounds and some of those hurts that you are possibly living from and let Jesus in so he can be your soul shepherd and he can be your soul healer. So what comes out of you to those 
around you is not hurt, is not you acting out of wounds from the past, is not acting out of your pain in the present, but is acting out of hope and healing and restoration and joy and peace and God's love. But this takes work. I just, I just want to be candid with you. This is something that I've experienced these past three years. The doing soul work is not easy work. Many times it's very, very difficult. But I just want to give you a few thoughts today to, to say how this year we're going to work on getting our souls back. Can you right now type in the chat section soul one more time? One more time. So I'm going to give you three thoughts. You know, I always got three, not one, not two, not four. I got three because three is the holy number. Okay, so here's the thing. Thing right. Number one, we're, we are going, we need to, if we're going to get our souls back in 2023, identify where you are on the journey. And when I mean journey, like the journey of your soul, because here's the thing, following Jesus is a journey. And anyone that's followed Jesus for any amount of time knows this. It is a journey. Like following Jesus is peaks and valleys, desolations, constellations, seasons of joy, seasons of pain, season of brokenness. Like it, it, and Jesus's life shows us this. Jesus's life shows us that he was on a journey. He had periods where he was in, where he was in silence and solitude. Like we don't see in the Bible anything from Jesus's life from 12 to 30. He was in a season of secrecy where we don't know a lot about what his life did, but we can see in 12 years old, he is within the temple talking to the rabbis and he's, and, and he's learning and growing. And then you see at 30 years old, he starts his public ministry and, it, and within his public ministry, he has highs, lows, peaks, and valleys. And, and what we can see in Jesus's life, his life shows us that this thing is a journey. But here's the thing, in, in order for us to go on the journey and know where we are on the journey. We have to identify where we are on the journey. And this is something that I felt like was one of the most life-giving things that I experienced being a part of soul shepherding was I had language and verbiage for where my soul was. <laughs> and I want to share this with you because this was so powerful. So this is what I need you to do. I need you, I need you to lean in and listen because we're going to go into some deep waters here. So I need you to come with me into these deep waters. And I promise you that as we get into these deep waters, that, that I sincerely believe that it is going to bring revelation for you. And, and when you have revelation, then you can know what to do. Okay, so I realized that I had been at a wall for like two or three years. And by a wall, it simply meant that I was at a point of, I was striving to push through, doing a lot for God, being a pastor for 12 years. I was doing a lot, but I had no idea that I was at a wall in my faith where I was like, God, I'm doing all the stuff that I know how to do, but it just seems like I'm not growing. And when I actually went to, to, this, to this retreat and actually it said that one of the stages of the journey of faith is actually hitting a wall, it gave me verbiage and not just verbiage, what maybe I need to do. So, so what, what I want to share with you is what I learned on one of, of these retreats. And it's within the book, Journey of the Soul. And what they call it is the Christ stages. C-H-R-I-S-T. C-H-R-I-S-T. So could you just write Christ in the chat section? Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T. And each one of those C-H-R-I-S-T is a what do you call it? Acronym, right? Where each one of those things 
means something. So I want to actually show you this graphic here. Aries, can you go ahead and pull that up the circle graphic where it's called the Christ stages map where you can see C stands for confidence in Christ. And what I want you to do is to possibly maybe identify just from what we're going to, going to talk about today, maybe where you are at in the journey of your soul. Okay. So C stands for confidence in Christ, meaning you are like, you are, you are a brand new Christian and you are learning and developing what it means to be a Jesus follower. H helps in discipleship. This is where you're learning and growing. You're learning how to pray. You're learning how to read the Bible. You're learning like how to be discipled, right? R stands for responsibilities in ministry. So these are for those like who are active in ministry. You're serving every single week. You have a specific ministry that you're kind of serving in, growing in, and you just got a lot of responsibilities and doing things for God. And then what they point out here is that normally between the responsibilities in ministry and the next stage, the inner journey is, is a wall. And this is what helped me because I did not, because I was doing a lot for God, but in doing a lot for God, you can normally you can normally neglect your soul, where you're so busy doing things for God, you forget to be with God. You do so much for God that you actually forget that you need to have a relationship with Him before you do so much for Him. And it can be in that stage where you're doing so much for God that you hit a crisis of faith that they refer to as a wall. So this could be you have a dry season. This could be you have somebody in your family die. This could be you have a tragedy happen in your life. And it's normally at the wall, you're saying things like, God, where are you? God, why aren't you there, right? But then to get over the wall, it says this, you gotta go on a journey inward, where you have to let the Lord into your emotions. You have to let the Lord into those deep, into those deep places. You have to stop faking it. You have to stop doing so much. And you have to just be and let the Lord into the inside of you to redeem all parts of you. After that stage, the inner journey stage, and it goes to the spirit-led ministry stage where it's like you're doing a lot for God, but it's, but it's from a brand new place. It's from a brand new place of living water and not sewage water, right? It's from a place of you're, you're doing it out of a want to instead of a have to and you're spirit-led. And then T is transforming union where you where you literally feel like you are one with God. You are dwelling in the Trinity and it, it, is, it is just a beautiful place. So what I want to do right now is give you a quick description of each of these areas from Bill and Christy Gaultier, the ones that created this. So we're going to go, Aries, can you bring that up for me really, really quick, brother? All right. The confidence in Christ, the C stage. By receiving God's spirit, we are born from above to begin the great adventure of following Jesus Christ. Okay, H, we grow in God's grace through community with other Christians and practicing spiritual disciplines like participating in church services and Bible studies. R, responsibilities in ministry. It's an honor to use our gifts to serve God and others in our church, family, community, or job, but we're prone to get in trouble from being overly ambitious or relying on ourselves rather than the Spirit of God. T, now it's got through the wall. Due to overworking, spiritual dryness, a faith crisis, or suffering, we, we may find ourselves at the wall. Usually this happens in the R stage, and is worked through in the I stage, but at each stage we face a roadblock that may become the wall. And that puts us at then the, um, the I stage, the inner journey. 
says getting stopped at the wall evokes emotional distress. If we take courage to share our emotions, struggles, and sins with safe people and in prayer, then we come into a new intimacy with Jesus and Abba. S, the Spirit-led ministry days. Now we learn a new way of serving, not by working for God in our own strength, but by working with God in Jesus' easy yoke. We enjoy overflowing with God's grace to others. And T, transforming union. Our life and work become increasingly about the practicing the presence of the Trinity in all we do, joyfully united with Christ. We are more able to love and serve even our enemies. Now, that's a lot of information. And you're like, John, this is a lot. I feel like I'm drowning here. What I'm saying is, is it's so important that you and myself, we know where we're at on this journey. Like some of you right now, you are at a stage, you're brand new in the faith. And you need to learn what it means to be confident in Christ, who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ, right? So, you, so you're at that C stage, you're at that honeymoon stage, right? Some of you, you're at that that eight stage, you're growing, you're hungry for God's word, you're in community. Some of you, you're at that responsibilities in ministry stage where you're busy for God, you love it, you're serving, you're active, and it's, you think it's the best thing since sliced bread. You're just doing it and doing it and doing it. But then some of you, you are at a wall. Like you are at a wall in your faith where you feel like God is distant, you feel dry, maybe you've had a personal experience that that where you're saying, God, why? Like I've served you, I've done so much for you, and now you can't even do this for me. And you've just got all of these questions. And then you're even thinking, well, I was a Christian and I'm saved, but now I don't feel God. Maybe he, he doesn't love me. This is what we would in, in some ways describe you are at a wall. Some of you, you were at the wall and you've gotten through the wall by letting Jesus inside. You've, you've had a crisis of faith. You have suffered. And to get over that, you've had to let him into the deepest parts of you to develop new intimacy with him. Some of you S stage, like you are doing a lot for God. You don't feel weary. You don't feel tired. You feel ready to go, right? Like what I'm saying is it's so important if we are going to go on this journey of our soul to get healthy, you have to identify, be real honest and candid about where you are. And you have to own it. I feel like I denied a wall for years because I was like, I'm a pastor, you know, I have a status and I can't be at a wall. I can't be weak. I can't let my church know that I'm struggling. I can't, you know, and I had to act like it was all good when on the inside I was crumbling. But where growth started to happen is I started to own where I was at. And I started to invite the Lord into where I was at instead of saying, well, I need to be here and faking my way of being there. I needed to let the Lord into the place where I was so this great soul shepherd, the great soul healer can come in and be who he claims to be. And what I'm saying is, church, is we have to this year identify and be candid and honest about where we are. Because here's, here's the thing, life, I want Lifehouse to be a place where every stage of the soul's journey has a home. Where every stage of where people are, they have a home in Lifehouse. Where if people are at the wall, they can be safe at the wall. If they're struggling, we're not saying, oh, you, you should just get over it, Romans 8, 28. No, hey, I am here. I want to be a soul friend. I want to hear and listen we got to be a safe place for some of you that are on that journey inside where you're diving into your past, why you are the way you are, the hurts and wounds. We have to be a safe place for people to journey back and for people to say as they get revelation of why they are the way they are and to let Jesus into those emotional places. We have to be a place where if people want to be active in ministry, man, we're, hey, we've got a place for you to have responsibility. Like we've got to be a church and a place where no matter anybody is, because here's the, here's the thing, many times we want a formula instead of discernment. 
We can, most of the time, we can want a formula and say, we want everyone doing the same thing at the same time in the same place, da, 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 and, but this is not how the human soul works. People are at so many different, different places. And we can want a formula instead of saying, let me be present, let, let me listen to the Holy Spirit, and let me discern what, where this person is and what this person needs at this specific time. And that's a lot of work, family. That is a lot of work to do that. But as we all go on the journey together, number one, it will de- we will develop grace for each other and where they are. But then two, we will be growing in love from God. And then we can, since we're getting love from God, then we can give love and grace to each other. So first thing, identify where you are on this soul journey. This is one of the ways that we're going to get our soul back and you need to own it and be candid. Hopefully that was helpful to you. Number two, prioritize the journey. Can you write prioritize in the chat section? Prioritize in the chat section. Here's the truth. We can't change who we are if we don't change what we prioritize. 2023 revelation, right? We cannot change who we are if we don't change what we prioritize. Getting a healthy soul will require you to prioritize your soul. This means there not only has to be a change, not only in what you prioritize, but in what you focus on and do. Now, I struggle with this because I think, like, I don't like just telling you, just do more. Just do more mores. And then once you do more mores, then it'll, it'll be all good because you could be doing more. But if you don't have the right direction or the right motivation, it will actually not be good for you. Right? Like, anytime I tell you, do, do this. Know what I'm not saying is do this and then you'll be saved. What I am saying to you is Jesus is the one that saves you. There's no work you could do for Jesus to save you. That's why Jesus said it is by grace. That, that's why he said for God so loved the world that he, you know, for, for God so loved the world that he gave. Not, not, it, it, it wasn't you did, it's he gave. And so we simply receive that by grace through faith. And that changes our fundamental identity to where we go from being sinners to saints, enemies of God to friends of God. And that is nothing we do. But then anything we do in response to the grace that God has given us, the purpose is for us to be transformed more into who we already are now in Christ. So if you ever hear me saying, you you know, a good practice would be to do this, this, this. What I'm not saying is do it so you'll be saved. What I am saying is this is if you do these things, then it will transform you more into the image of Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate aim and goal of your life. But this will happen as we prioritize. You know the language. You know the verbiage. You could probably even type it in the chat. Don't just try to be like Jesus. You can go ahead and type it in the chat now. Train to be like Jesus. I don't want to be a church that just tries. We have to be a church that trains. We have to be a church that says this year, we just don't want resolutions. We have to figure out a better way. We have to say, we just don't want lofty ideas. We can have control by putting in place systems and structures to help us develop to be more like Jesus. And that is why this year I want to challenge you to maybe do something a little bit different, not to have resolutions, but to have what the church has called for thousands of years a rule of life. Let me tell you about this. Can you write rule of life in the, in the comment section? You can do your own research on this. But the word rule comes from the Latin word regula, which literally means a straight piece of wood. But it's also the word used for a trellis. So think for a moment about what a trellis does for a vine. It supports and provides structure for the vine to grow. 
Without a trellis, a vine will stop growing, begin to wither, and eventually die. The image becomes even more vivid when we recall the passage in John chapter 15, whenever Jesus said this, he said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus' call to us is to abide in him, to be with him, to find our life in him. And a rule of life helps to order our life in such a way to make that possible. It's the trellis that enables us to abide in Jesus. Pastor John Mark Homer says this. He says, what a trellis is to a vine, a rule of life is to abiding. It's a structure. In this case, a schedule and a set of practices to set up abiding as the central pursuit of your life. It's a way to organize all of your life around the practice of the presence of God. To work, to rest, to play, to eat and drink and hang out with your friends and run errands and catch up on the news. All out of a place of deep, loving enjoyment out of the Father's company. Pastor Pete Scazzaro says this, A rule of life, very simply, is an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. And whenever I hear this term, rule of life and what the description is, I kind of see it as like, it's basically training. It's basically setting up a structure of training to not make Jesus some side piece you have, but to make him the center of your life. Because I don't know about you, having Jesus be the center doesn't happen, it doesn't happen um, by accident. It happens by intentionality. And what I would encourage us to do if we're going to prioritize our souls is we have to say not resolutions this year, but let's say, how do we talk about a, a rule of life to make Jesus a sinner? I'm going to give you a few ideas about this. I'm going to send this out email. Why? So y'all can have this because I'm covering a lot of information quickly. But when you're thinking of a way to train to be like Jesus, of setting up a, a trellis, a rule of life to make Jesus the center of your life, let me give you a couple of thoughts. Number one, start small and simple, right? There's a real temptation to develop an overly ambitious, like training to be like Jesus that looks great on paper, but is totally unrealistic in practice. Select some practices that are doable for you right now, and you can always add more. Secondly, take into account your stage of life, right? Like a young mother's like rule of life, a young mother's training to be like Jesus will probably look different from that of a retired grandfather, right? Similarly, a rule of life of somebody who's became a Christian six months ago will be different from a Christian, for somebody who has been a Christian for 30, 40 years. Next, be flexible, right? Develop a rule of life that fits into the process of trial and error. So feel free to experiment until you find what works for you. Next, be, be specific. Try for practices that are practical, concrete, embodied, and not vague or ideological. So if, you know, say something like Sabbath on Sundays instead of rest more. Be specific, right? Next, include some basics. Some basics are scripture and prayer, silence and solitude, and Sabbath. These are spiritual practices that are essential in order for you to grow in your walk and with Jesus and to grow into a healthy soul. I would also encourage you, sign up for the 14 days of prayer and fasting. Get into a group this semester and get into community. Work these things that the church provides into a rule of life and order a way, a trellis for you to put Jesus at the center in, in a very intentional way and to prioritize your soul. All right, so we have, we have got, the first one was identify where you are on the journey. Secondly, prioritize the journey. Right and last and lastly today number three, go on the journey with Jesus. Go on the journey with Jesus. 
Go on the journey with Jesus. Jesus is the one we follow. Hebrews says that he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Don't forget who your real example is. It's Jesus. And y'all, this is what, as Lifehouse, we are going to do this year. When I was thinking, Lord, what do, you, what, do you want, what do you want me to preach on? Where do you want the sermon series to go? I felt the Lord say, Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, duh. No, like we're going to learn to what it means to live, as Jesus said, in the kingdom of God. You know, one of the things Jesus talked about more than anything was the kingdom of God. How can we be followers of Jesus if we don't understand the kingdom? That is why the first sermon series is called Thy Kingdom Come. That's why the 14 days of prayer and fasting is Thy Kingdom Come. My prayer is that we would learn what it means to live in the kingdom of God as Jesus did. After that, we're going to do a series called The Jesus Stuff. That could last all year. We're just going to look at, <laughs> at Jesus and see what the heck does Jesus have to say about anything and everything. This is going to be a year where we're going to go on a journey with Jesus. Because Jesus is the soul doctor. Jesus is the soul doctor. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 and 29, he says this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. And that word yoke simply means teaching. Like, take my life and example and teaching upon you. Learn from me. That's what we're going to do. We're going to learn from him. For I am gentle and humble. Isn't that great that our King, Lord, Savior, and Teacher is gentle and humble? (laughs) Praise God. Gentle and humble. Meaning, he can be trusted. He's gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. How many of y'all could use rest? But then Jesus says this. He doesn't say rest for your mind. He doesn't say rest for your body. He doesn't say rest for your spirit. Do you know what he says? And you will find rest for your Type it in the chat. Rest for your souls. That's what Jesus offers, friends. That's what Jesus offers. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I will give you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. And what you will gain is a supernatural rest. Because what Jesus isn't saying here is just an easy life where you go off in the desert, become... Uh, become a recluse, get away from everything. He's like, no, in the midst of your insane, crazy, being a dad, a father, a mother, an employee, all of these responsibilities you have in the midst of all this stuff, you can have a, a soul rest where you can be at peace in the midst of chaos. You can have joy in the midst of sorrow. You can love those who don't love, love, who don't love you back. Why? Because you have a soul that is healthy and rested and is dwelling in the presence of King Jesus. Rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. I've learned that nothing can replace a healthy soul. Where your heart, mind, body, and spirit are working together and focused on who and what is most important. No feeling can substitute that. Lifehouse family, let's not be a person, a church that gains fill in the blank loses our soul. Let's go to the soul doctor in 2023. Let's, let's identify where our soul is. Own it. Let's prioritize our soul this year. Many people prioritize everything besides their souls. And let's go on this journey with Jesus and let him be the soul doctor this year. I believe 2023 is going to be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually, if it's the best year for your soul. And I believe at Lifehouse in 2023, we're going to see souls healed, restored, cleansed, resuscitated, 
been saved. We're going to be a, be a people that start to identify what those impurities and wounds and hurts are, and we're going to let Jesus in to heal those. And then we're going to be a church that's going to have living water flowing out of us to those around us. And we're going to not only be healed by the great soul shepherd, but we're going to be then soul shepherds that help bring healing to those around us as God is healing us. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.